on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Now, we have um, literally three or four minutes until we go up to the news, so just time for a very, very quick introduction to second guest of the day. And I have to tell you, um, those of you that aren't here in the studio, which obviously is everybody but myself, (laughs) Sue and Linda, um, you are really missing something because the scent of these flowers is just unbelievable absolutely amazing so um our guest for the second hour of the show is linda clark from the spotted dog company she's going to be talking to us about all sorts of things including why it's called the spotted dog company um in the second hour as i say when she when sue takes over but before that linda first of all thank you very much indeed for coming in not at all it's a pleasure to join you this morning and where have you come from i've come from near gainsborough um which is about 40 minutes away from here oh so um bit of a bit of a journey yes yes that's fantastic well, thank you very much for doing it oh we don't think it's very far at all because we live in the middle of nowhere so everywhere is somewhere to go so, <laughs> so it's quite exciting to come to a big metropolis like Abs- newark absolutely oh, my oh, husband's gone sightseeing oh. <laughs> <laughs> will you be able to get him back you know drag well, him back there the <laughs> right just tell us very very briefly a little bit about yourself your background and then we'll talk about the spotted dog flower company and flowers from the farm later on okay that's fine um uh, well my background is um i've worked in industry for just over 30 years um i started off as a pa to um the director of a construction company we went public um, we did the usual sorts of things got sold out i moved into it worked in it for 15 years so that's why you've been having such deep conversations with sue yes you've found her you <laughs> found actually no we haven't been oh well you can do that later then we have, yes we have, <laughs> mentioned, we have mentioned it no. at all no no so I, I was an it manager with no it background but i was in it before it started really you know <laughs> it was been around that long anyway the, the job changed it was going to move to newcastle i was not prepared for that um uh, various life-changing things happened as they do which made me think now is the time to make a difference and somewhere else so we lived on a small farm we've got some land and i went on a course with um jill hodgson who formed flowers from the farm um, in 2011 with one person and there are now 500 of us artisan growers um, within a short period of time i saw the course went on the course went home and told my husband that's what we're doing and we basically <laughs> and he said yes dear <laughs> and basically um it it took two years after that to really get it off the ground because obviously you can't grow flowers overnight and we had to do some learning had to do um obviously some preparation of the land and work out where we were going to sell them which is the most important thing because you have these great ideas but you still have to have a market for for your flowers and so in 2014 um mother's day we kicked off and we sold eight bunches of flowers and that was the start and that was the beginning and um everything happened from then it's girls around town it's sunday morning here on radio newark and uh, we're talking to our guest second guest today we've had a a surface of lovely guests today we're talking to uh, linda clark from the spotted dog flower company good morning again hello and thank you for joining us again we had, we had a quick chat just before the news and uh, you were telling us about how you um you left your um you made redundant from your job and you decided that um you were going to grow flowers 
That's correct, yes. Um, We'd lived in our property for about 15 years, and when we bought it, um, both my husband and I were working away. I was working in Wakefield, he was working anywhere in the country. And we'd always said that one day, instead of just feeding a load of horses and uh, costing us a lot of money, we'd make the land work for us. Um, So uh, sometimes it's the right thing for the right time for things to happen in your life. And uh, on this occasion, we said, okay, let's have a go. And I wanted to grow flowers. Um, I've always had gardens, I've always grown flowers, never ever cut flowers in my life really until I decided to grow flowers for cutting. Not, so it's not even decision. in a vase on the kitchen windowsill. Very, kind of very thing. rarely, very rarely. Um, I used to, yes, the occasional flower, mm. but not really. I was, I was not a flower arranger, and I was not, you know, I like to see them growing in the garden. Mm. Um, anyway, so it was, so it was maybe a strange decision, but um, it, it was the course with. It was a one-day course following a Yorkshire Post newspaper article that made me sort of put two and two together and think actually this would be really my up my street. Um, Jill Hodgson, I mentioned before, she had formed flowers from the farm the previous year. She grew um, on her farm. She was a farmer's wife, fed up of buying supermarket flowers because there was no choice. There was no variety, um, no scent. And I think that's what I felt about flowers because my husband was very, very wary of ever buying me flowers because mostly I didn't like what he bought. Um, (laughs) And the worst flowers I ever got were on my... Well, they were a birthday present, okay, from from my sister-in-law. And uh, I opened this box on my birthday and she'd sent me um, carnations. And of all the flowers in the world, I don't like carnations. Um, Not only that, it wasn't my 50th birthday, it was only my 49th birthday. (laughs) So they went in the bin. Oh dear. So that's that's, that's a bit drastic. She doesn't know that. I hope she's not listening. No, Don't tell her about did. the podcast. No, no, no. She, she, it's okay. She, she lives away. She, she won't hear this. <coughs> okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe not. So, 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 yeah. So there was a bit of a history of flowers uh, in me not liking a lot of things. But of course, I, I loved and loved flowers outside. And so um, we decided we were going to do it. And we had a space of land, which probably about half an acre um, available. And um, we never do things by halves in our household because uh, we talked about it and we'd got the area decided. And I went out for an afternoon shopping um, one miserable January day in 2013, it would have been. And when I came back, my husband had borrowed a tractor from his mate down the road and he ploughed up the field. Okay. (laughs) So so it was, the decision was made. (coughs) Anyway, so so for the the very first year, we only grew on a fraction of the land. And um, we are only just now filling the full half acre with flowers. We so have so the bit that he planned that you didn't, he ploughed, that you didn't then plant. It was full of weeds. It was full of weeds. <laughs> and believe me, as well as growing flowers, I can assure you that flower farmers can grow weeds. Mm. In fact, we had an Instagram competition about three weeks ago. Um, show us your weeds. <laughs> in fact, ladies, anybody who's listening, if you hashtag show us your weeds, you'll see some weeds. Shoulder high. <laughs> I showed my, my patch to that's um, my current patch of um, weeds which was supposed to be my dahlia bed for this year um, somebody um, who I know sent me a little message saying I thought it was a natural gla- a natural grassland planting scheme first <laughs> until I saw the nettles 
<laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so, so we started off, and um, of course, you, you wonder what to grow, how many flowers shall I grow, um, will I be able to sell any? Because one of the things with any business is you, you've got to find, you, you've got to be able to market it commercially and, and or sell, sell what you do. So, um, alongside learning about how to grow flowers, um, I did. Um, uh, business development uh, because I was redundant I was able to take advantage of every course that's going and for, and for anybody who's in a similar position I would recommend it I had um, very good support from a business mentor who was an ex-bank manager he made me do cash flows and I can assure you that a cash flow for a few thousand pounds a year is a lot different to the million pound turnover that I used to deal with. <laughs> it, it was, and when you're doing it for yourself, it's it's, it's such it's real money, isn't it? When you're doing it for yourself. Real money. And when <laughs> and when it was suggested that um, I might make an income of twelve thousand pounds in the first year, because this was the bank manager talking, not me, and I was thinking, hmm, how am I going to sell twelve thousand pounds worth of flowers? I mean, that's a lot of flowers. Anyway, of course the figures were no, nowhere near like in the first year. We sold, we sold in the shop in the village, and um, at, at, we used to put about three bunches of flowers out. And then she'd ring me up, the lady who had the shop, and she'd say, "There's a lady here. She wants a bunch of flowers. Can you do one now?" And I'd think, "Oh, um, oh, I've got, oh, I've got three of those, and I've got one of those, and two of them. Yeah, I think I can do it. Yeah, I'll be there in ten minutes." And that's totally the wrong way to do it because um, flowers need to be cut in the in the cool. They need to be conditioned properly, and they need to be uh, prepared for sale. So I used to race up to the village and say, "Look, I've cut these flowers now. When you get home, you must put them in a big bucket of water and leave them till tomorrow. Don't don't arrange them." And they happily handed over their money. So that was their first year, and and it was it it was very hairy, skin of the teeth stuff. And partly because I was still working three days a week as well. Um, although I was being made redundant, it was one of these jobs that went on and on. And I I said I wanted to leave, and then they kept saying, "Oh, will, will you stay a bit longer?" And the money was right, so I stayed a bit longer. And then they decided, they said, um, oh, you're leaving in August, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am leaving in August. Oh, right, okay. Um, are you sure you don't want to stay any longer? <laughs> no, no, I really, really am going. And I left at the end of August in 2013, which was like a whole 18 months after my idea to have my, my business had, had, had begun. And, and, and that was it, really. So I was cast aside, really, on the skinny branches, um, thinking, I, right, now I, I need to put my money where the mouth is and, and, and make some money out of it. So um, uh, so that was 2013. We were growing by then, and it was still quite small scale. And we have launched the business officially. Well, well, we had we had a sort of launch the previous year with a garden party when we had a terrible name for our company, which um, I'm not even going to repeat here. But having done a few marketing courses, we decided it was the wrong name. And that's how we started thinking about becoming the Spotted Dog Flower Company. Um, I used to have a Dalmatian Lurcher cross and um, his name was Mulberry and he was a very distinctive dog and he was very no well known in our village and he used to go on the dog walk round and all the people passed and saw Mulberry in the garden so we thought okay let's let's go for it and then I had some friends who had um, a fr another friend who was a graphic designer down in Bristol and she said I'll do you a logo I don't know if you ladies have seen my yes, logo yes, but it, it is quite distinctive and it, it has got us known. I'm now known as the flower lady or the spotted dog lady. So so the spotted dog flower company started in, as I say, in, in Mother's Day 2014. Um, still very small scale. And um, one of my daughter's um, 
friend's fathers came along and he said oh he said it's a nice idea he said but you'll never sell flowers like these in Gainsborough never well I can assure him that we do sell flowers like these in Gainsborough and um, we are starting to become quite well known now and it's been really good fun to do and we are starting to get a little bit bigger and becoming a proper business um, which brilliant we will um, <clears throat> have a little bit of music and we'll be right back with uh, linda clark and much more about the spotted dog flower company well it's uh, girls around town here on radio newark this lovely sunday morning and we're talking to linda clark from the spotted dog flower company and uh, linda was telling us how she um how she took the plunge and started the company so uh, just tell us a little bit about the um the flowers that you grow and just tell you you brought in some beautiful flowers that are we've now put on the girls around town um, web page and on facebook um but just sort of tell us a bit about them okay well we want to grow the sort of flowers that you can't purchase in a supermarket um we grow for scent shape style form um we like the twiddly bits we like the slightly <laughs> wonky stems um we don't look for we don't want flowers to look as if they're produced in a factory um we don't doubt it that um you know the flowers from from holland and around the world um they they come into this country and they look perfect they look very beautiful um, but they are quite full of chemicals and they have a very sterile look to them and they don't smell and they have no scent <laughs> they have no scent whatsoever even the sweet peas um, oh well, so that's got to be sad is there anything sadder than a sweet pea without any scent <laughs> it's it, it's really really sad so so our sweet peas sometimes they um, um they're a disaster this year i have to admit um, i managed to pick a few stems last night because we had to bring sweet peas um but last week they got a true battering by the weather mm. um anyway so the sort of flowers we choose yes we like to grow about 100 different varieties um many of those flowers will um will last very well in water but what they don't like is being trapped they don't like traveling they don't want to be put in a box flat packed and sent around the world in an airplane well who would <laughs> who would you know i don't like that sort of thing so 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 we, we've brought a selection today and i've been counting up i think we've probably brought about 30 varieties and these are typical of what we have at this time of year now we do have flowers from march right until the end of november but at the end of june we've got poppies sunflowers um sweet peas we've got ammy we've got cornflowers wild carrot honeysuckle all sorts of different things herbs like fever few which is a very pretty little daisy flower and we cannot get enough of that for brides whenever brides come to our field and and we do allow them to have a walk in the field if they want to choose their wedding flowers and they can come either the year before or a month before depending on how soon they book and they they point things out and there's there's all sorts of things that they want to have for their for their bouquets chinese forget-me-nots um and our current favorites are flocks and these they just make you want to eat them there is one called cherry caramel which is a little little pinky flower and the other one is called creme brulee and they are just to die for and you only need a few and if you sneak those into wedding flowers and that they they really make the difference and not only that they actually last quite a long time um, we always aim to grow about 80% of our own flowers we, we if we're doing an event or a wedding we can't guarantee to have 100% of our own flowers but at this time of year it's probably 90% the only things we bought recently are roses which don't grow very well on sand and also alstroemeria which um, I would emphasize is a British flower and you can get it 12 months of the year and um, 
for us it's really important that they're, that they're British um, we, all, we'd all, we all like oranges and bananas and things but that's because we can't grow them in England mm. um, and seasonal is, seasonal is the thing and um, I don't want a rose in December I want honeysuckle not honeysuckle no I want holly <laughs> and ivy and perhaps paper white narcissi and things like that so what we the, what we grow goes with the it goes with the season so now we're moving from the pale pinks and the creamy colors and as we get into the hotter weather in inverted commas maybe <laughs> we, we're moving on to sunflowers and marigolds and and the dahlias are almost with us and dahlias used to be thought of as an allotment flower um you know you, uh, lots of people can remember granddad growing them on the allotment with the chrysanthemums and uh, they went out of fashion for many years and all of a sudden dahlias are big business they are hot news um, and we grow every color from creamy little pom-pom white flowers up to huge cafe au lait dahlias known as dinner plate dahlias and um, we, we can't grow enough of them we, we really enjoy growing those the other things that people um, uh, are really mad about at the moment and I have to mention this one because there is a huge burgundy coloured poppy I brought today it's, it's, it's stunning it, it grabbed my eye the minute I saw the flowers it looks like a frilly ballet dancer's tutu it's beautiful <laughs> and and the thing about it is that it will probably last for 24 36 hours but from opening to closing in fact it is beautiful it has um it has a, a green pod round it and if you watch it carefully it may even open during the day while you're looking at it it then opens into a full huge overblown flower and then it looks almost artificial and then possibly if it's a very hot day or if it's the midnight at the end of the wedding the petals may fall and the petals look like silk and then you have a beautiful seed head which is a seed pod a green seed pod which you can dry and use for Christmas so although the flower is quite short-lived it has it has a really um, lasting effect really because you know the, there's the pod at Christmas time reminding you of summer and there's there's a red poppy isn't there just next to it that's just um opening out there is and um, I, I think it, it's opened in just in the half an hour or so it's been here yes we've I, I tried to time it to open for 10 past 11 and unfortunately <laughs> i haven't quite made it but that's the thing with these flowers you know they they, they don't always perform as they're supposed to they have they have kinks in their stem they're a bit wiggly uh, sometimes but um um more and more floral designers and things are, are asking for this sort of flower now the woodland styles are very in big installations um people for weddings are wanting bigger and bigger now um you see marquees decorated now and they've got huge arches they've got hanging installations and hanging flowers and the, the sort of flowers we grow are the sort of flowers that they like to have because it carries on the, the natural look for them mm. um that uh, so so yes so once we get over the flowers that are happening now as the dahlias will last probably till the first frost um, and they'll keep going and going and going we've even sneaked a few chrysanthemums back into uh, into, into production now and and those are a flower i really don't you know they have supermarket connotations and, and garage forecourts <laughs> garage forecourts <laughs> supermarkets they've had a bad but, press haven't they they've had a very bad press and we are trying to we're trying to change that because again people used to grow them i mean in england um 40 years ago um you'd see all the glass houses they'd be full of full of british flowers um and then of course um with the rising cost of fuel and the fact that the, the dutch growers had huge subsidies um the british industry just fell through the floor and basically the dutch flowers rose into um the prominence that they are now 
and they do grow very very good flowers but they come across the sea yes <laughs> or on an airplane <laughs> we'll have a little bit more music and then uh, when we come back maybe uh, linda will tell us about uh, some of the things that she tried to grow that maybe weren't quite so successful we're talking to uh, Linda Clark here from Spotted Dog Flower Company and uh, Linda's going to tell us now about um, maybe some of the things that don't grow quite so successfully. <laughs> but we've only got a few minutes. I was going to say, how long have you got? <laughs> we, um, there are definitely things that don't grow successfully. I have, um, I have more disasters than I would care to mention on air. Um, <laughs> There was the year that fairly early on we decided we were definitely growing roses because everybody needs roses and um, the couple in the garden looked okay-ish but when you're growing in the field it's a totally different environment and we're in quite a quite an exposed area we have um, winds from the west um, winds from the north um, a lot of weather basically where we are and although we've tried to make it as sheltered as possible it's quite wild and not only that the soil that we grow in is virtually the beach <laughs> now, now most people would have said well if you're going to have a flower farm why don't you choose somewhere that's nice and fertile and good rich soil well we didn't have that choice and you know you, you, you go with what you go with what's there so um yeah so here we are farming on sand and 30 rose bushes were um laboriously planted um they were the right spacing we double dig the ground we put lots of manure in um we did everything we thought should be done for roses um, 12 months later we've probably got about three I, I have to say that um, I think it was a bit dry the first spring and I think they should have been irrigated but I can say that was a very very expensive mistake and la last summer um, I thought maybe we'll have another go at growing roses and I went to a very famous um, local ro well not local rose breeder but anyway a rose breeder and said what can we grow on sand and he went Ooh, um, I don't know about sand. He said, I think you could probably try Rosa rugosa, which is virtually a wild rose. And I said, is that all? He said, yep. He said, they like clay. They like good, strong soil. I said, but what about roses? They grew in the desert. Now, come on, you know, they, they came from the desert. What, why not? And he just said, no. He said, you need good, heavy holding soil for roses. So I've got four in the polytunnel now, and I've dug a little trench for them, and they have been filled with all sorts of stuff you know good stuff for roses and i've got flowers on them so we shall see so the roses were a complete and utter disaster um seeds that's another area you very merrily you plant the seeds you water the seeds you watch them start to germinate and then it gets to be a hot day and you forgot to open the greenhouse door that day and when you go in at night they're all dead, dead. so we we, ha we do have um <laughs> A bit of a seed graveyard I'm afraid um, because however many seeds you grow you you know you prick out a few into trays and you grow them on and you look at the other half tray and you think shall I grow them shan't I grow them what shall I do with them and a week later they're either in flower and they're only three inches tall which is the buttonhole <laughs> version of, the, of whatever it was you were growing um, or, or they end up on the compost heap and uh, last year um, we had a disaster that did turn into um, a success sunflowers don't take them out of the seed tray leave them in the seed tray and they will turn into buttonhole sunflowers 12 inches high and I couldn't sell enough of them they were absolutely off the planet they, everybody wanted them because they're a perfect size for a vase aren't they yes. they're, they're no good yes. at six foot tall no. you made them in a no of course no Maybe our guest today um, from the Spotted Dog Flower Company, Linda Clark, maybe she'd like a long, hot summer. 
I wouldn't like a long hot summer <laughs> really. <laughs> too much watering to too do. Much, <laughs> too, much, too much watering. Uh, too much watering. The best summer I had for flower growing was the summer of 2012, which was before I actually was officially growing flowers. It was Olympic year, and most people remember it as the year that rained. It yes. rained most of the summer. And my flowers, I grew the best sweet peas ever, <laughs> never to have been repeated. Okay. This so, yeah, year, we're yes. telling us about some disasters oh, you'd had. Yes, we're talking about dis- if we're talking about disasters, I could talk all day. Sweet peas this year. Um, obviously, we've mentioned we've mentioned them earlier, and everybody wants a long stem on a sweet pea and scent. The first sweet peas I grew in the tunnel, um, they managed to be the sort of sweet peas that are probably best grown in a greenhouse. Um, so they were a fair disaster this year. We had a, a five metre row of sweet peas that grew to about four feet high, flowered and died. Oh. They managed two weddings in May and then they went. Um, the next lot of sweet peas were a very cheap packet of sweet peas from um, a very well-known supermarket and they were the best pe- best sweet peas we've grown this year so far. So y- you can't you can't tell. They could, they could be anything. Um, uh, so we've now got four lots of sweet peas growing, um, three of which are a disappointment and one I'm, I'm placing a lot of money on them being a success. <laughs> They're the last batch. So end of sweet peas. Um, you can have a lot of um, disasters in the flower field when you have a dog like ours as well. Now, our, our poor old spotted dog, who the company was named after, we, we lost him about 18 months ago, and he had perfect manners. He knew where to walk and where not to walk. Now, he was a lurcher, and um, we replaced him with another lurcher. Big mistake. Big mistake. Although he was quite sweet as a puppy, he's now about three foot six tall at the shoulder, and he has no idea at all about where to run in the garden. And very large paws, I would imagine. Very large paws. So his idea is to run from our garden through the flower field, up and down the strips, and then when he gets fed up of going up and down, he jumps across them. (gasps) Unfortunately, his jump is not always as good as it should be, and there are some very mysterious holes. And whilst on the subject of holes and disasters, um, I thought it was about time I really tidied up, because we we do tend to work in... um, a working environment shall I put it and my husband it drives him to distraction so I got two loads of um, shavings or wood chippings to make very nice areas around the tunnel tidy it all up um, all looked beautiful for about three days and I let the dog out early one morning and by six o'clock when I came down the stairs there was a three foot deep hole in in the very surface that we put down the day before how the very was- kind of you to leave such a, a beautiful bit of um what's the word occupational therapy for him the dog was the dog thought he was digging to australia i'm afraid (laughs) and unfortunately (laughs) it needed to be filled in rather quickly as it was a health hazard somebody could have turned an ankle in that yes (laughs) me usually one last time from ariana grande and that was one last record from us because we're nearly out of time just time ready for our guest uh, linda clark to tell us about flowers from the farm which i think you've probably alluded to but we've not really had a chance to talk about yes uh, flowers from the farm i suppose it's a sort of umbrella organization really for all of the new artisan flower growers that are set- setting up throughout the country um started about six years ago now by a lady called jill hodgson who has devoted her time really to persuading people to buy british um there's no doubt about it she is the the leading light of the organization really um she's got us into all the major flower shows where we've done stands and exhibited um she's encouraged nearly 500 people to become um, 
um, basically to have a change of career or a second career. We've got ballet dancers, lawyers, um, IT managers like me, all sorts of professions where people have decided on a change of life or run it alongside their own business. Um, we've got the NFU supporting us now. Um, they have taken on British Flowers in a huge way this year in the same way that they've been talking about um, meat and British products, you know, British vegetables. They are now having a big campaign. So, so, so really, um, Flowers from the Farm is the sort of organisation where you, um, you can look up the website you can find flowers anywhere and you can have um you can either become a grower yourself or if you do want to send flowers to somebody you'll find someone in your part of the country who can who can do that for you and um the i think we've got the website details to give you if if that was okay yes we'll is, put them um, on our girls around town page which is literally flowersfromthefarm.co.uk um, and that's a brand new website where you can see all sorts of people doing things with flowers in a very British way. And you've got a website of your own as well, haven't you? Linda? I have got a website of my own. Um, we've got, and again, it's it's long, but it's the Spotted Dog Flower Co. Co. Uk um, on Instagram and Facebook as well, where we post loads and loads of pictures. Um, we just want people to buy British flowers. Yes, you can't buy from us. Buy the supermarket flowers, but look for the flag fantastic thank you linda so much it's been lovely to talk to you but uh, thank you for joining us thank you for inviting me we are almost out of time very quickly fiona's in next week isn't she june she is that's right she's bringing with her uh, next week penny bryant who is going to be talking about her uh, coaching about her life coaching especially for women helping women um get back into get back control of their lives i need to get back control of, of my your teeth. teeth yes um so that's next sunday uh and i think we've got a full house as far as i know we're all in oh it's okay so we'll yes. be playing sardines next yes, sunday we then will. In we'll, be nice and, we'll be nice and toasty won't we yes um, yes under this yeah. lovely air conditioning yes. <laughs> <laughs> right well, i can see craig is in for uh, his sunday lunch program so uh, we will be back next sunday at 10 um have a lovely sunday i think we've actually got some nice weather today so get out there and enjoy it if you can take radio new york with you we're back next week we are-